Hello, and welcome to Criticism is Dead, a weekly culture podcast about what we're watching and what it all means, if it means anything at all. I'm Helen Keskin Liu, a producer and writer. I'm Jenny Chijang, a culture writer and critic. Welcome back. This, yeah. <laughs> this week, we are going to be talking about Outer Range and Slow Horses, two shows about families, one blood, one not, working through their respective flop eras. Let's just say that. Yes. Yes, no, perfect. No disrespect perfect. to either one of these families. Um, it's yeah, why we're watching. Love, yeah, exactly. But it's true. How have you been these these last what three weeks? The yeah, it's been three weeks since we've recorded Matt an episode, which is kind of wild. Um, yeah. It's a little bit weird, almost. I, I think to get back in the groove of things and and be recording this again, not to get like too in the weeds but a break was nice i think yeah i mean the fact that we took basically almost the entirety of tourist season off is incredibly <laughs> my brand um but i i agree i i think i've additionally not been listening to any podcast episodes so i don't even know how to talk like a podcast bro anymore which so, is good which That's is always good, good. love that authenticity <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, I'm hoping that some listeners will notice that my accent is a little bit stronger than it used to be now that I was in my natural <laughs> habitat for three weeks. Uh, yes. Definitely the you, longest you have I've been, been there. Yes, you've been in the UK visiting family and such uh, for approximately three weeks. Yeah, man. I lo- I mean, it's it's always a mixed bag when, when I'm visiting my family, but London itself... Fuck me. What a beautiful place. Like last year I went in the summer and this year it's the spring. So obviously it's fucking lovely. Mm. Like florals and greens everywhere. And there was maybe one or two days of overcast, but there's nothing like it in London, man. You know, God, I I gotta go to London someday in the springtime specifically. Yeah. So just so that we uh, give the people what they want, let's just get straight into it. Yes. What what have you been watching these past couple weeks, babe? So I will say not that much, but one series I have watched beginning to end is Outer Range, mm-hmm. which is on Amazon Prime Video. So this is a, I guess you could call it a neo-Western or contemporary Western series that is also sci-fi and like surrealist and a family drama. Uh, it's created by Brian Watkins. Mm-hmm. And the first season, which has eight episodes, wrapped up uh, recently in early May. So the the season is complete. We will probably have some spoilers, etc. So to give a rundown of the show itself, it centers around the Abbots, which is a family of Wyoming ranchers who have owned their land for like a century. There is the patriarch Royal Abbot, played by Josh Brolin. Uh, there's his wife, Cecilia, played by Lily Taylor. Um, and she's the one who is actually the abbot by blood. Mm-hmm. There's the eldest son, Perry, Tom Pelfrey, younger son, Rhett, Lewis Pullman, and Perry's daughter, Amy, uh, played by Olive Abercrombie. And the family have been dealing with a lot, uh, including the mysterious disappearance of Perry's wife uh, about nine months ago, as well as the increasing like encroachment of their neighborhood rivals, uh, the ranching family, the Tillersons, mm-hmm. who are now claiming that part of the abbot land is really theirs. And meanwhile, I guess you could call it like the inciting incident, this strange young drifter who calls herself Autumn, played by Imogene Poots, she arrives and her appearance coincides with the appearance of a large black void in the abbot's western pasture. Yes. So there's all that. And then there's also, um, I want to mention one other character, the town's acting sheriff, Joy, played by Tamara Panemski, who is investigating a crime involving the Abbots and the Tillersons. Yes. So 
that's sort of like the, the gist. It's, it mm-hmm. was kind of a mouthful, but that's everything that's going on. No, you summed up beautifully. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so how far along are you in this series, Melon? Uh, I crushed it also. And this is actually funny. No yeah, it's funny because I yeah. actually watch this with my mum, which I rarely ever do. Um, TV is, wow. a, is a major connector for me and my mum. She's usually watching terrible Turkish soap uh, <laughs> shows, so I, I tried to put her onto something good. What did your mom think of it? She really liked it. She loved what? it. Yeah, my mom loves Same. like weirdo shit, like <laughs> ghost stories, um, anything that's a bit sci-fi adjacent. Like that's that's mm-hmm. also her jam. So she really liked interesting. it. Yeah, interesting. What about you? Do you share her opinion, or what? What do you think of the show? I had a great time. I'll tell you mm-hmm. what, mate. I saw the trailer for this back in the day, and I was like, yep. Like <laughs> this is like first of all, Josh Brolin, I'm already there. Like you already got me. I definitely had room for a Western style show because I'm not a Yellowstone head. Um Yeah. Have never given a shot yet, but yeah. I, I don't think I've ever really watched a Western show, but there was definitely room for this and you know, when, when the, the trailer suggested sci-fi, I was like, oh, absolutely. Because I also mm-hmm. have room for some sci-fi in my TV diet. Um, and yeah. the, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Like, I think it did really well with the pacing over the season. What about you? What did you think of it? Good, good. I liked it too, which mm-hmm. um, I think reviews have been a little bit mixed, mm-hmm. like mixed to favorable, which... yeah. You know, I come out on the favorable side. Mm-hmm. I think so. what some critics are saying is they don't like how the pacing went. Mm. They also don't like how the tones, like there's like tonal disjointedness. Like they, it's kind of a mishmash of some different tones and, and, and genres at times. But I, mm. I like that. Yeah, That's me too. part of what I liked about it. Yeah. yeah like same. I remember especially like the use of score and soundtrack. There is the moment early on in the series where... Uh, suddenly, like Kendrick Lamar is just playing out of nowhere, and I was yeah. like, "This is this a is good. very yeah, like this show <laughs> is so." I don't want to call it trolling, but it's is not afraid to yeah. go in any direction that it pleases. Yeah, I and, mean, the, yeah. the the part that sold it for me with the tone was the younger Tillerson son singing oh, into yes. the mirror, and the the slow <laughs> zoom out of him singing into the mirror. I was like. I don't know yeah. what's going on here, but I fucking love it. Yeah, that's that's. I, I'll say he's one of my favorite characters and performances this season. That's Billy Tillerson, played by yes Noah Reed, who you might know from Shit's Creek. It just entirely wild and sweet and menacing character. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything he does, like especially with his singing and the choice of songs and the the way he he work he like lives as though he's kind of moving through the world like a dream. Yeah, uh, what a great character. Yeah. I'll say, uh, so this show, going more into it, it kind of does an interesting thing where it takes this, I guess you could say, traditional Western genre. Like, you have the stoic cowboy, more or less. You have this family drama, and everything that's, like, happening on the ranch, like, the very real economic or, like, livelihood questions. But on the other hand, like, we have this literal tear in the world that gets into all sorts of stuff involving time travel, mm-hmm. Greek tragedy, mythology, um, yeah. the search for or absence of God, cults, uh, sinister corporations, and, yeah. and uh, mining things in the future. Like, so we have kind of these two sides of the coin. Um, mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. half of this did you end up liking more? You know, when when the this is a spoiler full conversation, so mm-hmm. I'll just get into it. Um, skip ahead, I don't know, 30 seconds. But 
when Josh Brolin's character Royal is is pushed into the hole and we end up seeing what he sees at the other end of it, there was a little part of me that checked out because it felt like there were too many clues that I mm-hmm. could latch onto then solve. And the whole point of a mystery box thriller like this is that half the time you don't know what's going on and that was like the appeal of like Lost, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I personally... I'm interested to see what they do with the whole time travel aspect. That's the part that interests me the most. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? What's what's the part of it that really does it for you? Yeah, I think I'm inclined to agree with you. Um, I mean, they have built it up so much uh, intentionally, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really I think the the sort of opening monologue that you hear in in Royal's voice, that voiceover, oh, talking good, about oh, like so Kronos, good. like the you know time and the start of the world, like the, it's a little bit corny, but I that I was really interested too. Like I can yeah. see how these elements of Greek mythology and and like tragedy, like. Uh, you know the killing of a brother, or the the mm-hmm. kill, uh, or like how you want to usurp your father. Like you can see elements of those playing out throughout this, and that is something I'm always gonna be into. Like no matter yeah. what, any yeah. movie, any book, any series, yeah. give me all of that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm liking the the kind of weird twist, the surreal nature of it. Um, the family drama is it it is like the core of how they have to build upon that. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, you can get. A sort of family drama like that you can go to yellowstone you can go to a number of tv shows but this is like the one that's sort of providing uh the extra bit of twist that i like it's just i i love i love what they do with the theme of like fate and how you can't work against it which again is such a it's such a common time travel theme um yeah that comes up and there's a school of thought i think i've mentioned it before maybe maybe not um but the the screenwriting school of thought of just tell them exactly what's going to happen and then show show it happening um yeah i love that and i think like that was what was interesting about a show like devs as well which deals with the same thing of time travel and fate Mm. um albeit more futuristically um but this this yeah i i I love this part of it i also like i really like the detective's role in this um Mm. yeah the sheriff joy yeah because because there is mythology here and Greek mythology is heavily featured or like mentioned in this, but there, there's something very interesting about the fact that you are using someone that has been, that has ancestors that have come from this land mm-hmm. way longer from, from the, her white yeah. counterparts and just yeah, kind of seeing native, where that she's goes. She's native uh, yeah, character exactly. and the actress. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So I'm really interested to see. I think that's such a smart way of using a character like hers. So, yeah, me too. Yeah. And like, it, yeah, it ties her to the mystery even even more too. Like the mm. central mystery. Like she has stakes in it. She like knows this land and how strange it is. Um, like with all the conversation about what weird happenings take place in Wyoming. Yeah. yeah. And you know when she has that tie to her ancestors, she slips through again this sort of weird curtain of time. Uh, mm-hmm. She's able to even glimpse that for herself. Yeah, I, I really like that, like that element too. And she's playing kind of like a like a figure with some sense of moral compass in this exactly, show, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. and a moral compass that you know is at risk of being compromised by wanting what she wants, which is to be elected uh, yes, as yeah. the actual sheriff. Yeah. So there are some interesting things going on with her character, and I. I'm very intrigued by where they took her in towards the end of this first season and yeah. how they're going to get her back or involve her even deeper in this. 
Yeah. Uh, do you have any other favorite, you know, characters or performances or, or moments throughout the series so far? Um, I want to give a shout out to Imogen Poots. Mm. What a fucking weirdo, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's so annoying. This whole, yes. the, throughout the whole series. And like, not even scary, just like someone that you wish you could get rid of, which yeah. is exactly what Royal is thinking of the entire way through. So just the way that they kind of put you in Royal's shoes through her being such a shit stirrer. Yeah. And being being the person that is like constantly, yeah, like you said, like the inciter of, mm-hmm. of everything essentially bad that happens to this family. Mm-hmm. And the way that they tie her up, uh yeah. her story up at the end of at the end of the season is I mean, fantastic. Like I had my suspicions, but I, I wasn't really sure. Because you're working with time, you don't you don't know what that's all about. But I, I'm I love it. Anyway, okay. um what what is it? who is who are some of your um favorite characters as well? Well I'll agree like Autumn Image and Poots is like very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um for a long time I couldn't tell whether I really hated her performance mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. Um just because of how aggravating and um, <laughs> yeah. wild and like sort of random it was yeah. but you know as as the series progress progresses you you do realize okay that was all done very artfully mm-hmm. <laughs> and um yeah. she's actually like really embodying her character a lot so i agree yeah. shout out to her i think um royal's wife cecilia played by lily taylor like she is given kind of a hard role like this yeah. is a, a, a character who is you know, this is her land, this is her family's land, and yet mm-hmm. she's been boxed out of so much of the information, the action. Like, she doesn't know anything that's going on yeah. with Royal or that that her sons and her granddaughter, like, what they're dealing with. She's sort of left in the dark, mm-hmm. and as a result of everything pressing down on her, like, she's in this crisis with her own faith. I th- yeah. So I thought her, her character, although, like, I wish that she was able to get more but i understand what they did with her and i I thought lily taylor's performance with her uh were both great oh she's so good the breakdown that she has in the last episode Mm -hmm. oh my god dude so visceral like she's just you know when you just know someone should have had an oscar like fucking five times (laughs) over um she's that kind of actress so Mm -hmm. i love her i'm a little bit um i will say i'm I mean, I get it. That's how he was written. I'm a little bit disappointed by um, Pelfrey's performance just because mm. he came off of such a high in Ozark. Mm-hmm. And this is a little bit quieter or a little bit more of a muted role. Um, yeah. But I mean, the character is such a fucking idiot. Um, yeah. 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 It is a very just quiet fumbling. role. <laughs> just fumbling through it. I think I think Lewis Pullman as the younger Abbott mm-hmm. um, is also pretty good. I think so too. I think yeah. he's probably due for a breakout role mm-hmm. any any time now um this may not be it but i think this this helps sort of build the case for him uh, i think he's gonna be a solid actor also you know he looks nice he looks good so that's in yeah his favor too. i mean i shout out to his stunt double on that bull <laughs> uh, yes i've thanks got for holding on i learned so much about bull riding thanks to this show it does look intense and i don't know why you guys do it but that's just how I feel about most sports. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you for attempting that. Good for all the bull riders out there. Um, yeah. Thighs yeah. of steel. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one final note is that it is interesting that most of the questions, I think, remain unanswered by the season one finale. Mm-hmm. And I know actually like quite a few viewers were frustrated by this, like mm-hmm. judging from comments 
and you know posts and you know reviews around the web. That's something that I think that we see a lot in research outlets that have plans for big like multi arc mysteries and several yeah. seasons. Like we saw with Yellow Jackets with Severance, like yeah. they they really do like a a very calculated um, drip of information and reveals yeah. at these like consequential moments. I actually don't really mind that lack of answers in yeah. a first season. Yeah. Um, I think we've, yeah, we've gotten really used to with streaming, just having access to everything all at once yeah. or just having limited series that sort of like give you everything or the season will wrap up and like, you'll have all the information that you want from that season yeah. since we never know which shows will get canceled or not in these days. But mm. I, I mean, I think so many shows used to unfold this way. Like they had this intentionality to, to it, to how they unfolded and what mysteries were revealed each season or each episode. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a fan of that generally, as long as there's like uh, a plan with it. Oh, totally. And you can always know if there is a plan with it. Like Lost was 24 episodes or 22 mm. episodes in the f- most of their seasons, apart from, you know, the later ones. Yeah, this is how it used to be. Um, mm. I always respect it when a show just kind of like throws everything and, you know, burns everything down. And then you start all over again in season two. But mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge fan of mystery mystery thrillers. Um, I, yeah, like you like you said, I I really don't mind it. I have a, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Would you jump into the hole if you saw the hole? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I would fuck no. Like I no? would not jump into that. You hole. wouldn't dip would- like a little hand in there. I think I'd dip a hand. I would dip maybe a stick or something, like something that not my own appendage. Uh, I'd stick an object in there. I wouldn't stick my direct limb in there. You wouldn't like <laughs> roll your trousers up, take your socks off and just do a little dip in the hole a little bit? No, <laughs> <laughs> no I don't think so. I don't think so, man. I think I would, man. I think I this... think I just would put like a little finger in there, like a little pinky. And, and you, you could do it you, like if something happened to that pinky, you could do fine without a pinky. Like I'd be totally fine without a pinky. And like... I would see five minutes into my future. So I guess that illustrates the difference between you and me, um, <laughs> like in terms of bravery and also personality. It's not even bravery. It's just that I'm like, <laughs> if I lived in Wyoming and that was my life, like, like why not? Fuck it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's true. I have to put them. So- I have to put myself in in the Abbott's shoes and and the Tillerson shoes here. Um, I I also think that like at that point you're like looking at beautiful vistas and nature and you know you probably birthed a bunch of cows and calves and horses or whatever (laughs) and you're just like I don't know I think you're just like braver by default so that's true that's true it has it demands a certain grit of you yeah Um, yeah (laughs) all right well let us know everyone else if you would if you would jump in the hole yeah um that it's it's a great sort of litmus test of sorts so indeed indeed yeah <laughs> and in the meantime i hope that outer range will get renewed for season two i don't think it's been announced yet but i don't know i'm really hoping like please please don't fail us it's not like amazon prime has anything else going on for itself to be honest so yeah let's be yeah. real here all right Pellin. now what did you watch this week like you, haven't just been a little bit overwhelmed by the amount of TV coming out, and I've only finished uh like a couple of TV shows. One being Slow Horses, which is on Apple TV. Um, mm. Slow Horses is a British show. This is an adaptation or a TV adaptation of Mick Heron's spy franchise novels. It's about a bunch of spies in their forever flop era. 
people that were essentially sent to a place called Slough House, aka Slow Horses, um, which is an offshoot of the MI5 office um, led by Gross King Jackson Lamb, who is played by Gary Oldman. So the showrunner is a guy called Will Smith. Um, everybody relax. It's <laughs> not that Will Smith. Not that one. No, he is a comedy writer from England who wrote with Armando Iannucci, who wrote The Thick of It. He wrote um, Veep, very famous British sat- satirical uh, TV writer. Um, so they wrote they wrote together. So he has like a little bit of his sensibilities. Um, the show itself is, uh, even though Gary Oldman is in this, uh, the protagonist is ostensibly um, a guy called River Cartwright, who's played by Jack Loden, who feels like he was created in a lab of all <laughs> slightly above average handsome British men. But he's great in this. He I is, love him. yeah, I love he's him. he's awesome. He he is an MI five nepotism baby because his granddad is like a legend in the spy world um and that legend is played by jonathan price a real life legend uh one of the popes one of the two popes and um the antagonist i guess is kristen scott thomas who uh plays diana taverner who is the head of the regent's park uh which is the actual mi5 hq you know each see each season has a different arc this first arc is about uh the kidnapping of a young british pakistani man by British white supremacists and kind of like the mess that goes in to how this happened, how they're trying to get out of it, the role of the slow horses, like the guys from Star House with the Regent's Park guys. It's it's it's, a, it's all a big mess. Um, so how far are you into this and what do you think of it, Jenny? I finished it. I finished it pretty quickly, Sick. I think. I like zoomed through the first few episodes. Mm-hmm. Then, as the episodes came out, eagerly watch that every week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's great. It's a lot of fun, and yeah. I don't know. It's really nice to have just like an immensely enjoyable show. Yeah. Uh, once in a while, this is it's very straightforward. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know exactly what you're gonna get. Um, I think when the trailer came out, came out, we. Well, me especially was a little bit excited because I was like, oh, is this a bit of a subversion of the spy thriller genre? Because it's, you know, it's, it seems comedy adjacent. It seems like it's it's about a bunch of bums, which you don't necessarily get with spy thrillers. Like, usually the spies are very good at their jobs. But, like, turns out it's actually not that much of a deviation. So I really appreciated it for that. Um, I'm a huge John le Carre fan of the books, of all the adaptations. Um, you'll recognize Gary Oldman uh, from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. And I, it kind of feels like this show was specifically made for me. Um, <laughs> the, the the thing that I love the most about spy thrillers like this and John le Carre in general is that it isn't like James Bond where everything is neat and tidy and there's one villain and it's just a matter of like getting rid of that villain no british thrillers for the most part spy thrillers for the most part it kind of gets into like the inner politics of the workplace um Mm. you know the corruption everywhere you look both within the government organizations and outside of it secrets about each spy that keep cropping up and then hiding away again for the sake of i don't know national interest i love all of that shit (laughs) and you know i think whereas Lacari kind of focused more on the MI6, which is the international. Like, I guess, what what's the version of it? Is it like FBI versus CIA? CIA deals with more yeah, international so. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So MI6 is international spydom, and MI5 is domestic spydom. So you know, Lacari is more MI6, and he kind of talks more about 
like the themes of like Britain's place in the international foreign policy and like the world today and the sins of its colonial past and all that good shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Slow Horses is a little bit more about the national in- issues like within the the borders of Britain. And you know, what, what did you what did you think about the fact that it was kind of dealing with the white supremacy problem and like the white nationalist problem in the UK as an outsider? I'm just yeah. curious. Well, I thought they handled it pretty smartly from from what I could tell, which is like with not that much context mm-hmm. um, or knowledge of the the inner workings of this. Like they showed how it is like an issue of interest. It is a rising mm-hmm. threat. They showed what, you know, Regent's Park, their response to that rising threat is, which is a huge fumble, yeah. like in the, with the intention of doing something, but they cannot quite do it. Um, yeah. And they can't quite do it in part because... You know, the, the idea of terrorism is still so firmly rooted in a different color, different yeah. race, different yeah. religion than the white supremacists that yeah. have become the the large threat. Um, so I thought the way that they handled it was, was smart in mostly just like betraying the racism of the, the media, the public, as well as like the uh, incompetence of these agencies to deal with this very current threat yeah i i think i really liked how even though it is communicated to us over and over again that slough house and everybody that works at slough house is shit and terrible and don't get me wrong there are several instances in the show where that is proved to be the point it's it's funnier that actually the guys over at regent's park who are meant to be you know the top tier spies are just as capable if not more of being absolute idiots um mm-hmm. all the way up until you know the higher office of of mm-hmm. of that you know food chain um so I, d- I definitely like that just a little bit of context i grew up watching a show called spooks which is actually just a term in england for a spy and it does not mean what it means in america i think because of that they changed the name to mi5 that's what the show is called yeah okay so that is actually matthew mcfadden's breakout role that's that's when i first saw him mr darcy was not the first time i watched matthew mcfadden um i go way back this is 2002 baby um and that was a show also about MI5. And it was, I think, from what I remember, maybe it's because I was younger, definitely much grittier than Slow Horses, um, not as funny, definitely more self-serious. But it dealt, mm. it dealt with the similar themes of like, uh, domestic policy in England and spydom and what that means. And like, I just, I just really enjoyed that. So it's nice to have something like this back. Mm-hmm. That being said, you know, speaking of tone, this is definitely written by a comedy writer, you can tell. There are points, especially early on, where I laughed out loud, <laughs> um, just in terms of like line deliveries. What did you What did you think of the tone? Do you think it kind of did a good job of balancing the thriller with the comedy? Yeah, I think so. I think it did a great job. Like I said, it's a very fun show. It's enjoyable to watch, and you get that sort of ease from the comedy. Yeah. I did think like some moments were a little bit much. Like, yeah, I think I'm thinking in particular the budding relationship between uh Min and Luisa mm-hmm. at the you know at the at Slough House. Um especially like how they made Min just like so incompetent and then like the sort of gag back and forth. Like it it felt like kind of out of place at times. Mm-hmm. It felt kind of annoying at times. Yeah. Um that's like like an instance where I think the comedic underpinnings didn't work out so much for me yeah. but overall like the the other characters everything with jackson lamb with river cartwright um with uh, tavener the incompetence of of tavener like i thought those were all uh 
both actually well executed yeah. and very funny at the same time. Yeah, like the the smaller characters, the more non essential supporting cast of Slow House. I felt like it didn't know if it was satire or not, you know. And it and this isn't a show necessarily. It's not a satirical show. It is funny, but it's not satirical. And some yeah. some of the comedy used for those characters felt more satirical. So then it just kind of felt a little bit like tiresome. Um, yeah so. and like tropey and yeah. you know you have the uh hacker who is like this like totally obnoxious oh God, I fucking hate that guy so socially much. like yeah. we- weird guy like yeah it yeah it wasn't quite cutting enough to make it satire and that and that but it still like was it was too broad in a sense yeah. um for those particular minor characters yeah it definitely felt like river and lamb and chris and scott thomas um like tabana were from a different show and then that lot was from a slightly different show um, yeah yeah and I, I wasn't sure how much it married together that well but i'm sure they'll figure that out in the second seasons because it is i think the thing that i like about it is it isn't self-serious like it, it if you've watched enough british thrillers whether it's a murder mystery thriller like a detective thriller which the, you know that is what we excel at in that country um and then also this more on the spy end of it the, it's it's like pretty standard you know for that mm-hmm. for that type of show the, slow horses is and it is i guess you could compare it to like this is the fiber of your tv diet like you know exactly what it is it's entertaining enough the twists come at right at the exact right time that you need them to mm-hmm. um it's it ties it up n- nicely with a neat little bow and mm-hmm. you feel satisfied and you move on and it's exactly what you need <laughs> yeah. you know um, yeah it's like nice and dependable yeah and you know, for some people, that's like a tiresome Netflix show that they power through. And for this is my version of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just I don't need to expend too much energy, but I just want to be entertained. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, elevate your your fiber diet show yeah. uh, to this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I will say my criticism of this is that this is just personal to me. All right. And so I'm yeah. just going to I'm just going to go off on this. Yeah, a lot of British shows like this, especially the ones that are trying to say something about society and politics, which this certainly is. Um, there's a lot of earnestness about, like, d- despite the British people in general and British culture is cynical, and we're all a bunch of like monotonous pricks that don't care and and all that good shit. We are still a very very earnest people, <laughs> and. Um, there's nothing that kind of proves that point more than shows like this that certainly certainly at the end um do try and make it about something virtuous and the virtue signal is just a little bit exhausting i don't know maybe i'm too much on the cynical end of it and this feels very (laughs) like a little bit too neat and tidy uh, for my liking but it's just it's something that i've observed for a really long time when it comes to anything related to government agencies represented on tv in, in england um it's a little bit i think like the bodyguard was also something that kind of did this which is so stupid i don't care um like they need to they feel the need to show in some way like oh there are oh we're the good agents guys who are still yeah, good. Yeah, yeah 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 basically something like that i just i just don't a i don't believe it <laughs> um but most, you know, more often than not, I just don't think it's necessary to say that. Yeah, I mean, overall, still did, did the job for me. Oh yeah, totally. And in terms of season two, uh, we get a trailer at the end. Once you finish season one, you get a trailer at the end of season two, which means that 
they probably shot it back to back and we'll probably get that in a couple months as well so i mean i'll, I'll be watching season two what about you like it seems like of it's going to be a different arc and they end it off on a really nice like mysterious note about lamb i'm yeah i'm excited for a season two i do wonder what they're gonna do with if they're gonna try to bring back olivia cook's character oh, yeah. who I really liked is there potentially like she's wrapped up too much in other projects i don't really know i hope they i hope they continue to you know keep her character's presence or the search for a character i agree because i really liked her yeah i really liked her well she's she's gonna be in the new game of thrones show so yeah (laughs) so might be a little bit busy maybe it is i think that show is also being shot in england so maybe she can just stop by over while they're shooting that but (laughs) yeah i i agree I, i would like to see more of her and i'll be looking forward to mr river cartwright in his clinch waist barber uh yes. the dickhead barber version um so we'll we'll see that when Absolutely. we see it yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so for culture notes um so much drama has been happening in the last two weeks and us being us we have decided to look away and talk about something entirely different which is the plethora of stuff that has been coming down the pipeline and the tiny little scraping of the surface that you and i have been doing um yeah yeah there's a lot and it's interesting that for all the the amount of stuff there is like not much is really catching my attention um or really like making me feel like i want to watch something so as a consequence of that like in our break uh just like have not been consuming as much recently and i saw pillin that you tweeted while you were still abroad you said You've been watching about one-tenth of the TV movies that you normally watch, yeah. and uh, you actually feel like you're wilting because of it. Yes. Uh, so tell I, me more about that. <laughs> so I did not have access to Apple TV, um, okay. and I did not have access to Hulu while I was out there. Certainly, mm. I could have done the whole VPN thing. I think we did do the VPN thing for one or two things, uh, but for the most part, I was trying to just kind of like... I don't know, enjoy my time with my family or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Of course. <laughs> and and um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think because I knew how much was coming out and how much more would come out by the time I was back, I it was just annoying me that I just couldn't work through the in pile and put it on the out tray. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I knew that the more the in tray uh, got higher and higher up, that I would feel a little bit more and more annoyed about the fact that it felt like a chore, to be honest. Like, I, I would have been nice to just kind of pace myself steadily over the three weeks. And I think that was the thing that was making me itch a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't know, maybe some, and I, I, I'm already feeling some things just slipping through the cracks, you know, like the the thing about this is that you end up having like a filter system where you just discard the things that you're genuinely like you just end up tiering your priorities um so like i haven't been watching russian doll season two and i don't think i will do you know what i mean like i don't i I think that's it for me i think it should have just been a for what it's worth i thought that it was a standalone good season by itself but um yeah, like that. That's like an example of that. But well, how about you? How do you feel about that? What are your feelings on my tweet? <laughs> basically, well, I thought it was interesting because I basically have, I guess, the opposite reaction. So yeah. I'm not watching much TV and film lately. Mm. Which, in that, I feel, I feel good. I feel like <laughs> I like well rested. I feel mm. like I have some more time to. Well, honestly, I've been like <laughs> more time to. I guess 
dedicate to work, which is like not great, but right. Um, yeah. It's been yeah. kind of a nice break for me. And yeah. I think often I do feel overwhelmed whenever we do have to record a weekly episode. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about mm-hmm. yet. I have a few options. I have to just like crush hours of TV or, or, or hopefully find a film on streaming. Yeah. And yeah. it gets to be a lot uh, on a weekly basis. So yeah, it's nice to have kind of a reset where I don't, have to watch anything because we are going to talk about it immediately yeah, um, yeah i just watched some of the trash that i i might not talk about for the show and <laughs> yeah but and you like, you like to have it yeah you like to have it in your rotation yeah. yeah yeah otherwise like you know when we're normally on a normal schedule i just like can't get to it or i'm yeah. adding more hours on top of the tv pile and uh that's just like not very sustainable on a time point of view when we're you know this is not our full-time job unfortunately we do we do have other jobs so yeah and just to kind of like be a little bit more transparent about why we pick what we pick when we're recording obviously the first thing is that we have to like it or it has to stir enough thought and it it has to like make us think whether good or bad about like what something means but then then, it'll be interesting to talk about yeah it'll be it's something that is in the conversation and the conversation is interesting but you know, half the time, it's it's honestly difficult to know which one of that meets that criteria without having to actually watch the entire thing first, and that's the part that gets tiresome. Yeah, um, starting, restarting, yeah, on to the next thing. Yeah. yeah. So that being said, um, mm-hmm. what have you been watching the last three weeks, and <laughs> what have you been enjoying, not enjoying? Yeah. Uh, just quick thoughts, just so that people For can sure. kind of get a little redux on what yeah. what we've been consuming. Yeah, we'll just go like uh, piece by piece, I think. So this is our unfiltered uh, TV movie diet recently. Yes. I watched all the latest season of Selling Sunset. Mm-hmm. That was probably one of my top priorities nice. for viewing, which is does not say much good about me. No, I mean, <laughs> I've heard that it's decent. I still have not watched it. Um, I do know what happened at the end with the reunion, which was apparently uh-huh. kind of bad shit. So maybe I'll just watch mm-hmm. the reunion. Yeah. What about you? What what did what's one thing you've been watching? I have finished Ozark. Okay. Um, yeah, that 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 it was high time for that to end, and I think they did an okay job ending it. Um, I have been watching Better Call Saul, which I love like a lot. I just caught up with the latest, the the first two episodes of Hacks that just came out. Oh, the second season. Yeah, and um, Barry as well. I think so, like, out of all of them, I think Better Call Saul, Hacks, and Barry are the ones that I'm, like, I'm really happy that they're back and I'm I'm having a great time. And I love that it's a weekly <laughs> weekly release. So mm-hmm. that, that's, that's been that for me. What, fi- what films have you been watching that have kind of... Um, really only one film, which mm-hmm. is a, a film that's, you know, not new and it's something I watch on the airplane. Uh, it's Licorice Pizza, so... Oh, yes. It was all right. It mm-hmm. was like, I enjoyed some parts of it. I enjoy kind of like the the setting, the time period, the mm-hmm. tone of what they were going for. But I have to say, like, a lot of it was kind of forgettable for me. Like, yeah. as soon as I hit the tarmac, a few hours later, like, landed, getting settled in, like, unpacking. I was like, what movie did I watch on the plane? <laughs> because I swear I watched a movie for two yeah. hours. Well, it's so. especially tough because I feel like any movie you watch on a plane, you watched in another dimension. That yeah, it happened in a vacuum. Yeah, and if that's your tether, your tether is further and further slipping away from you and it, you just forget. Um yeah, because, I mean, same. Like, I watched a bunch of films on the way to London and back. Uh, namely, like, No Time to Die. Uh, mm. I think I watched Suicide Squad. 
I started watching Belfast and couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> no, I started watching no. French Exit and I couldn't do it. Like I X'd out immediately. There is one film that I watched that was really memorable on the plane, mm. but the rest of them I couldn't tell you what happened. <laughs> like, what I'm was just... the very memorable one? Oh, um, just a film called Sundown. It's oh. um, starring Tim Roth. I don't know who directed it, mm-hmm. but it's a film about a holiday, which maybe that's why it kind of stuck with me. But it, it really, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it got under my skin in a way that I'm still thinking about, which is kind of like the best possible outcome for a film that you watch on a plane. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Let's see. Other things I'm watching. I have started Russian Doll season two. Oh. I'm a few episodes in. Right. Not really liking it. Mm. Um, I think I agree with you in that I would have preferred if it had just been a standalone. Yeah. I think they nailed the first season perfectly. And yeah. I don't know if it's just like me that's changed or the time context of yeah. the present moment or the show or what. But I'm just like, this is grating on me. Yeah. <laughs> so much of what makes the show and uh, Natasha, Le- Leon, like her and... Yeah, I don't know. It was just yeah. She gets a bit much, eh? Yeah, it gets a bit much. Yeah, I feel that way about Atlanta now. Really? Mm, right after of, we we had our conversation. I know. About it. I know. Well, I I feel like I won't actually fully say my thoughts until the entire thing is over. To be honest, because they mm-hmm. still have a, a second half of this coming out or whatever. But I don't know if it's suffering from like the time that we're in now. Do you know what I mean? And like the type yeah. of show that that is and what it's trying to do. And I just kind of feel like that way, that way about like a lot of stuff, just mm-hmm. things just coming out and the knee jerk reactions and like what it's trying to say and trying to be headier than it, than it needs to. I don't know. There's just, there's just something that's not really working with Atlanta with me anymore. Interesting. But we'll, we'll, I'll circle back to it. We'll, we'll figure yeah, that out. Yeah. Yeah. I'll catch up on, I have, I haven't watched the last few episodes of yeah. it. So I'll, I'll catch up on it too. And yeah, we'll probably share thoughts after the season has wrapped up. Yeah. I've seen in the notes that you've been continuing winning time. I haven't seen the last, like, three episodes. What what, what, what are you thinking about it so far? Still good. You know, I'm still enjoying it. I think I still have a couple episodes left. I am starting to see, like, the cracks or, like, some of the criticism that people Mm -hmm. have about specifically how it focuses on the largely white, like, management suite Mm -hmm. versus the largely black players who mm. are actually make up the heart of the show yeah um but i don't know i have i've still to watch i believe like the finale maybe another episode mm-hmm. so we'll see if my mind changes as i get into the playoffs but yeah, yeah you know still still a pretty fun time overall yeah i think that's uh, the the main thing for me has just been um top chef has has been pretty fun so, just been watching Top Chef. I mean, I look forward to being able to see the current season in about a year when it actually gets onto normal Hulu. Are you serious? Yeah, like you can't watch the That's the current so seasons stupid. unless you have Bravo TV or like Hulu Live or something. And I'm That's not, ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. Go. Uh, I so told always, you. Just uh, let me just give you my behind. login. Let me just give you my login. <laughs> like, what are All we right, doing fine. here? Maybe, maybe we'll figure it out. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, this will fix the problem. This season is is um is is doing its best, and it is still entertaining. There are some parts about it that are a little bit insufferable, namely the Sponcon shit. Like, oh, that they did a top chef staple, dude. They did one episode about the new Jurassic Park film that literally no one's gonna watch because it's (laughs) so C list. Like from the cast down to like everything else. Bless them. And it just didn't, like, it was so stupid. Like, you can tell even the contestants were like, what are we doing here? But that being said, I am rooting for Damar. 
Um, I hope Demar wins it. I think he is hands down my favorite by a mile. But they, they, there seems to be like a lot of strong contenders. So like anybody can win it. I think from this recent see like episode onwards, and I, I think I'd be pretty mm. pleased about it. But they haven't yeah. mentioned like the previous season Gabe Aralis like that. Yeah, no. dust up right. I think I think they're just waiting for it to go away <laughs> to be honest <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah well yeah i mean that's just that just played out the way that it played out um yeah god speaking of we both did just start the staircase um yes. and i have been watching under the banner of heaven not a huge fan of it so far but i did read the book I, right. I read the book i read the book and i think maybe that's fucked it up for me because i know exactly what happened all right well i think that's it from us uh yeah we that's everything we've been watching yes as always like if you have anything that you're watching that you think we should check out, mm-hmm. um, especially because there's so much right now, you can help us filter through it. Just let us know. We're at criticismisdead at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Feel free to just add us or DM us. We do always keep a running list of all your suggestions, even if we can't immediately get to them or don't end up talking about them for an episode what well, we're trying we have <laughs> backlog and we're gonna try literally trying <laughs> our best oh my god somebody yeah. come wipe our brows like yes god. but thank you so much to everyone who who does keep writing in uh we love that and, mm-hmm. and we love you yes um in other sign off notes please feel free to subscribe to criticism is dead.substack.com yes. for extended show notes including links and bonus links basically yeah yeah hands down my Um, favorite newsletter no bias at all obviously thank you thank you so much um otherwise yeah rate review on apple podcasts or your podcast app of choice five stars only maybe tell a friend or two about us tweet about us we love it when you guys do that yeah um as always thank you so much for listening and see you next week bye-bye Criticism is Dead is produced by Pelinkeskin Lou and Jenny Gijong. Our music is by Rika. Our artwork and design are by Sarah Macias and Andrew Liu.